Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because He loves you so much. So as we were thinking about this series that we're in here called Connected, we've been talking about this idea of how do we connect with God? How do we, uh, how do we interact with Him? How do we experience His presence? Things like that. And you know, when it comes to that, I was thinking about the game of hide and seek. And I was asking myself this question, I wonder if God would be any good at hide and seek. So I'm a, I'm a parent, I've got, uh, I've got two boys, uh, when they were younger, they're 21 and 18 now, so they're, you know, they don't like to play hide and seek with dad anymore. But when they were little, they, they loved to play hide and seek. The problem is that one of them was really good at it. My oldest son, Nate, he was really good. He was the kid who would like, you know, hide in the, in the chest freezer, you know, like he was, he was committed, don't do that. Jeez, I just said that out loud. And, uh, but my youngest son, Connor, he, w- he was not very good at the game of hide and seek. Uh, I, w- I would close my eyes and I would start counting and I'd start counting to 10 and he'd take about three steps away from me and he'd close his eyes and he'd just stand there. And I'd say, seven, eight, I'm getting ready, you better go hide. And he'd stand there going, <laughs> and at nine, 10, and I'd open my eyes and be like, Connor, I don't think you understand the premise of this game. They'd be like, oh, you found me. Good job. He just wanted to be found. But you know, I think God kind of plays hide and seek like my youngest son did. Actually, I think God's desire is that he wants us to find him. I I don't believe that God is hiding from any one of us. I believe God is fully committed for us to find him. I believe God wants us to connect with him. I believe God wants us to experience him. And so it's really from that idea and from that premise that I want us to talk about today. Because here's the thing, though, is we are going to experience moments in this life. We are going to experience things and circumstances and situations where we may be tempted to say, God, where are you? where we maybe are going through something and we're asking ourselves this question, is God still there? Does God still care about me? Does God still even see me? And when we find ourselves in those situations, and it's funny how those situations come, because here's what I've noticed in my own life and the lives of other people throughout the years, nobody's ever questioning where God's at when things are going really good. When all your bills are paid and your marriage is good and your kids got straight A's on their report card and your dog is behaving and all those kind of things, nobody's sitting around going, God, where are you? But the moment your car breaks down or you're in a fight with your spouse or somebody doesn't want to be your friend anymore or something like that, and now all of a sudden, regardless of what circumstances led up to that, God somehow is the problem. And we're asking ourselves, God, where are you and why aren't you doing something about this? But God's not hiding from us. I don't believe God wants to hide from us in any way. As a matter of fact, I believe God wants to be found. But so often we find ourselves asking this question of, God, where are you? God, why aren't you doing something? God, show yourself to me. But you know, the thing that I realize is as we look at this world, so often we may find ourselves asking that question. The, the things that we see, the, the things that we experience, the, the, you know, the stuff that's going on in the world. How many of you guys have ever watched the news at night and gone, Jesus, now is a good time to come back? 
Like when I was 17 and I got saved and people started telling me that Jesus was coming back someday, I'm like, oh, that sounds cool, but I've got things to do. So if he could just wait a little while longer, that'd be awesome. Now that I'm in my 40s, I'm like, Jesus, today is a good day. What is it, Sunday? Yeah, go ahead and come back on Sunday. That's fine with me. You know, I don't even mind. But maybe we found ourselves looking at the world and asking, what is going on and, and where is God and all of this? But the thing that's interesting is this is not the first time the world has ever been crazy. As a matter of fact, it's kind of always been that way. And this morning what I want to do is I want to walk through a passage of Scripture and kind of asking ourselves in this crazy world that we live in and all the things that are going on, maybe we're asking ourselves this question of where is God? Is God hiding? Does God want to, you know, to, to distance himself from me? And this passage of Scripture really answers that question. It kind of goes right back to the idea of is God any good at playing hide and seek? And that's what I want us to think about today. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to the book of Acts chapter 17. And in Acts chapter 17, kind of set the stage here for the story, the Apostle Paul, the great early missionary of, of Christianity, he has found himself in the city of Athens. And as he's walking around the city of Athens, this is what it says. It says, while Paul was waiting for them, this is uh, Acts 17 verse 16. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. So to make that kind of make sense for what we're talking about today, Paul's walking around this city and he's looking around and he's going, this place is a mess. This city, the, the things that are going on here, all that I'm seeing, everything's a mess. These people are just worshiping everything except for God. The, the, the place is it's just crazy. It's just bananas. It's off the rails, right? And so this is what I love that Paul does. In Acts chapter 17, verse 17, it says, He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. So when Paul was trying to figure out where is God, the first place that he goes is to church. And he says, I think, you know, that's a good spot to start. And maybe if we're asking that same question in your hair today, hey, good job, you came to church to maybe find out the answer to that. And Paul goes and he talks to people. He's talking to the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles. He's saying, guys, are you seeing what's going on here? This place is crazy, you know, uh, what's happening around here? And then he goes out into the marketplace, out into the public square, and he's just telling people, like, what about Jesus? You know, he's talking to them about the mission of the church and, and the mission of what God wants to do. And what's interesting is that Paul finds himself in a situation right here where he gets pulled in front of the city council in Athens. They, they start to hear about what he's saying and what he's doing, and they start taking notice of this. And so in verse 19, we see this uh, where, where they, it says, then they took him to the high council of the city. They said, come and tell us about this new teaching, they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it's all about. Verse 21 says, it should be explained that all the Athenians as well as the foreigners in Athens seem to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. When I read that scripture right there, verse 21, the only thing I can think of is this sounds exactly like the evening news. This sounds exactly like, uh, like watching TV, you know, from about 7 to 10 p.m. at night. And all we're hearing is all these ideas and all these thoughts and all these arguments about what's going on in the world. And Paul essentially finds himself being interviewed by Sean Hannity on Fox News right here. 
They want to know what's going on. They want to know what this news is. They want to know what the latest thing is. And, you know, CNN didn't invite him, and so Fox got him on there. And I'm just kidding, sorry. But anyway, couldn't resist. And Paul is brought before the city council. And they're saying, what is this? What, what are you talking about? You know, what's going on here? Uh, you're talking about things that we don't understand and we don't know about. And so Paul says, I'm going to take a moment right here, and I'm going to inject some truth into what's going on. Because this is, you know, what, what's, what's happening here, it just seems pretty crazy. So in verse 22, it says, So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God, whom you worship without knowing, is the one... I'm telling you about. So this is so funny how Paul opens this up. Because I can only imagine this probably didn't go very well. Paul says to these people, I see that you are very religious. You ever said that to somebody and they got a little upset with you about that? They're like, I'm not religious. No, I don't believe in religion. I believe in science. When people say that, I'm like, okay, not your libre, but here's the thing. Is that science basically has become a religion in our world. And what Paul's trying to get these guys to understand is that all these things that they are giving their attention and their time and their efforts and their energy to, they have become a religion to them. And our world is really the exact same way. Paul is just calling out what we see going on all around our world today that it really doesn't matter what name you put to it, what, what acronym you put to it. You know, it's a humanism, racism, CRT, BLM, KKK, LGBTQ. It really doesn't matter what name you put to it. If it requires you to uphold a set of ideals in order to be accepted by it, it has become a source of religion that we are looking to to help this world make sense. And there are so many things in this world as we walk around, just like Paul was walking around in Athens and he's looking at the things that are going on, that we are experiencing the same thing in this world right now of looking at all the stuff that's going on and saying, is any of this God? Or is this just our man-made attempts at making ourselves feel better? And the best part of this is Paul's looking at all these idols that define the culture, and he's thinking, you know, no wonder these guys are a mess. You know, they, they worship everything around here. And it was so bad that they had even built an altar and inscribed on it in the name of inclusivity so that nobody got offended. They said, to the unknown God, just in case we missed one, we want to cover all of our bases. That's how backwards the situation was. That's how crazy the world that Paul was walking into was in that moment. And he says, that's the God, the one that you worship without even knowing, the one that you worship without actually believing in him, that's the God that I want to tell you about. That's the one that I want to talk about. He says, that's the one that, uh, that, that you need to know because it's just like in America today where 84% of people say they believe in God, but do they know him? And this is what Paul is talking about to this group of people. And so he begins to say this to him in verse 24. He says, He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. 
From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. So in this moment, Paul says, I'm going to give you a little theological discourse on the nature and character of God. Because obviously, these people in Athens were kind of missing the point. They were worshiping anything and everything except for the God that really wanted to know them. And so Paul says, I'm going to give you an idea about who God is. Because if we are looking for God, if we're trying to find him, if we're wondering if he's hiding from us, we have to understand his nature and his character in order to find him. We have to understand the nature and character of God in order to be able to experience him. And so in this moment, Paul says, let me clear up a few things. He says, this God, the one that I'm talking to you about, he's different than all those other ones. And let me ask you this, when it comes to playing hide-and-seek with God, think about this. Is there anywhere that God's not? Think, think about that for a second. Is there anywhere that God's not? God is what we call omnipresent, meaning all-present. So God is everywhere at all times. The, the psalmist, uh, he identified this. This is Psalms 139, uh, verses 7 through 12. And he says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, for the night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. So the Bible affirms here the character and nature of God, that God is everywhere. The psalmist says, where can I run that your presence isn't there? It's not just because God is faster than us and he gets there ahead of us. He says, if I run to the mountains, you're already there. How'd you beat me here, God? God's like, I was already here, and, and I was there, and now you're here. See, there's nowhere that God's presence doesn't go with us. There's nowhere that God's presence is not available to us. He is omnipresent. He is always present in our lives. Think about it like this. God is present in your home. Not just when you're doing your devotions in the morning, and then he just sits there and waits for you the rest of the day till you come back from work. God is always present with us in everything that we do. He's present with you at work. He's present with you at school. God's present with you on your vacations. Think about that for a second. Anybody ever invite God to go on vacation with you? He's already there. God is always present. God is always with us. God never leaves us or forsakes us. His word promises that to us. And so it's vital that we understand the character and nature of God, because if we're dealing with a God who is all present, who is always with us, who never changes, that should form our idea of God when it comes to where is he. And this is what Paul is trying to get these people to understand in this moment. He says, we're dealing with God that is not like any of the other gods that you have dealt with up to this point. And, and I love how he breaks this down. He says, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. 
all these idols you're worshiping, all the stuff that you're worshiping. He says, God made all that stuff. And you're worshiping it, but I'm talking about the God who made the stuff that you're worshiping. And so since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. Here's a, here's a quick thought. Does, does God, is he here today with us? Nod your head like this. Yes. But is God going to stay here when we leave this place and go to our houses? Shake your head like this. No. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, he's here. He's, he's here, but he's also there. See, God doesn't just live here at church and we get to hang out with him on Sundays and then leave him the rest of the week. God is always with us. This is what Paul is trying to get them to understand. He doesn't have needs that can be served. He himself gives life and breath to everything. This is the God that we worship. This is the God that you need to know. This is from one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. And this is, this is the best part. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. So I just want to just show you guys a quick little visual illustration of this. So this little visual representation of God, okay? And it says, God is the one who created all the boundaries that we know. He's the one that established all that. So here, here, here's a great way to think about this, all right? Boundaries are important, okay? How many of you guys got neighbors who don't appreciate boundaries? You got that neighbor that they like park their, their stuff on your yard or, or build a fence through your backyard or something like that. You're like, these people don't understand boundaries. How many of you, uh, you kids share a room with a, with a brother or sister that doesn't respect your boundaries and they always got their stuff on your side and things like that, right? Like it's important. Boundaries are a good thing, okay? And what scripture is telling us right here about God is that God is the one who established the boundaries of everything that we see in this world. You can't establish the boundaries if you don't know the starting point. God is the starting point. God is the fixed point of reference for everything else in this world, in this life, to start off of. That's why this is so important. Because it says, if God is the, or the, the point of origin, if God is the starting point, if God is the fixed point of reference in this world and everything else is built off of him, everything else is based off of him, everything else revolves around him, if that is true and God is all present and God is all with us, then when we are looking for God, the truth is God never moves. God is the fixed point of reference. God is the one constant in this world that does not change. Everything else in this world is going to change. All the things that are going on in our world today, all the things that are popular in culture, all the problems that we're seeing, all this stuff, that's all going to change. If you don't believe me, look back 50 years ago. Look back 100 years ago. It's all changing all the time. What doesn't change is the truth about who God is. God is the center point by which all other things should revolve around and Paul says he is the original boundary line. He is the fixed point of reference in this world, in this life. And it's only by acknowledging where God is in our lives and in this world that we're going to be able to keep our focus on him. There are so many other things in this world that will try to get us to take our eyes off of God as the center point of our lives. 
There are so many thoughts and ideologies and, and habits and addictions and all these things that are going to try to get us to forsake this point of origin, this fixed point of reference in our lives, to get us to walk away from that. And then we're no longer looking at God. We're no longer wondering or no, seeing where God is. And we're wondering, God, where are you? We're crying out. We're going, God, where are you? And God's going, I didn't move. I'm everywhere. I'm with you in every situation. But somehow we get our eyes off of God and we start putting him on other things. And when we do that, we forget that God is the origin point. God is the center of everything. I, I love how God describes himself. Malachi 3, 6 says, I am the Lord and I do not change. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So here's the big point for us to remember. God doesn't move. God doesn't change. If God said he is all present and God is with us in everything, that's not going to change. So regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situations we face in this life, is God going to abandon us? Is there anything that can separate us from the love of God? Absolutely nothing. So is God hiding from us? Is God want to be found? I'll, let me tell you how bad God is at the game of hide and seek. Because Paul, this is the point that I wanted us to get to all day. Verse 27, back in Acts chapter 17. I love this passage of scripture. It's so good. The reason why God did all that, the reason why God set the boundaries, the reason why God fixed himself as the origin point of history is for this reason. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. God is right there with us, regardless of what we're going through, regardless of how the situation looks, regardless of how loud we shout, we're going, God, where are you? And he's going to freak us out because he's so close to us. He's like, I'm right here. I never left you. I've never forsaken you. I'll never abandon you. I can't. It's not my character. It's not my nature. And this is the God who wants us to find him. God doesn't want to play hide and seek. God wants to play sardines. Anybody ever play the game sardines? You know what I'm talking about? The, the premise of sardines is a little bit different than hide and seek. Hide and seek, uh, you know, you, you hide and they find you. Sardines, you hide and then that person hides with you if they find you, which is a great game for youth lock-ins, you know, with boys and girls trying to hide together. It's a terrible idea. I don't know why we do it, but they always did that in youth group, all right? That's the game that God wants to play. God wants us to find him and then hang out with him. That's God's heart. That's God's desire for us as he says, I want you to find me. Yeah, there's going to have to be a little bit of seeking. Yes, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone. Yes, you're going to have to maybe just look. But I love what he says because this, this is the thing that we have to remember. If God hasn't moved and we're wondering where God is, then how do we find him? How do we get back to him? How do we get our eyes fixed back on him? And I love what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I tell you today, if you're asking yourself the question, God, where are you? If you're wondering where is God and all that I'm facing and all that I'm going through and all that's happening in my life right now, if you're asking that question and you genuinely want to experience God's presence, 
God says, I am so close to you right now in this moment. I am so close to you that all you have to do is just look. Like my son when he was little, all I'd have to do is just open my eyes and there he would be because he wanted to be found. And God is the exact same way with us. He says, just get your eyes off of what's distracting you, off of all the things that are pulling for your attention, and just get them back on the fixed point of reference. Get them back on the origin point in the story. Get them back on me. And you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so this morning as we wrap this up, I want you guys to do me a favor. Go ahead and stand to your feet today. And I want you to think about this idea. Maybe you are asking yourself that question. Maybe you've been wondering, God, where are you? Maybe you've been going through some things that are making you question God's proximity. And I hope what you can understand and I hope what you see from this today is simply this, God is with you. God is right with you in everything that you're going through. So regardless of what that situation looks like, God is still there. God is with you in that medical diagnosis. God is with you in that fractured relationship. God is with you in those problems at work. God is with you in that addiction and that hang-up and that thing that's got you bound right now. God is with you in those moments. And it's recognizing his presence and his proximity to us and reorienting ourselves to the fixed point of reference in this world the God who doesn't change, the God who is always the same, that is what's going to bring us hope and peace in this life. So this morning, what I'd like to do is just lead us together in a very simple prayer of acknowledging God's proximity and closeness to us, saying, God, I want to find you, and I know that I can because I'm going to look for you with my whole heart. So would you guys just bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? And, and can we just pray this prayer together as a church today? Say, Jesus, I recognize that you want me to find you. And so this morning, I choose to open my eyes, to get them off the distractions, to get them off the things that have pulled me away. And I choose in this moment to turn my eyes to you. Forgive me of those places where I have forgotten that you are with me. And I pray in this moment, you would reassure me of your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you want to be found. And so I look for you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.